fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You're darn right, it's The Voice of Reason. Welcome into the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Friday, the greatest day of the entire week. I know, you're done, you're wrapped up, you're ready to go, you're ready to celebrate, and that's what we're here to do as well. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV. Plus, we have the live streaming and podcasting thereafter as well. We have a heck of a show lined up for you today. We like to go out of the week with a bang, so to speak. Yesterday, it was comic day. No joke. Ha, see what I did there? Pun intended. Uh, it was comedy day. We had on Evan Sayet, comedian, political analyst, author of the book The, the Woke Supremacy, and we had fun talking about that, which I really enjoyed. At the same time, it was comedy day with Joe Biden trying to get through a press conference all jacked up on steroids. That was hilarious. At the same time, and I didn't even get to the story, but I wanted to talk about it yesterday. Kamala Harris, and yes, I do say Kamala Harris. She is working with none other than, you'll get this, someone, a certain individual, to work on empowering women and girls in America. Can you imagine who it is? None other than Bill Clinton. I know. I'm telling you, comedy day was yesterday, and we're going to continue having some fun today as well. So thanks for hanging out. We have the live stream going all over the place, radio and TV. Plus, we have the Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, also on the website at HoosierReason.com, and our Freedom Book as well. Uh, And I want to get right into it because we have limited time. So in studio, we like to do this, oh, every month or month and a half or so, but uh, we're excited to have back in studio with us from the 4th District right here in Kansas, Congressman Ron Estes. Ron, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Andy? I am living the dream. It's always good to talk to you now that you're back away from D.C. and taking a little break from uh, from there. It's it's kind of nice to have you back on the home front. Yeah, it's great being able to breathe fresh air and uh, be here through Easter. So that's great. Oh, through Easter. So you guys yes. are out for a while now. Another, another week and a half. So. Yeah. yeah. The the new session, now that we've officially started, uh, we talked to you once before, I think back in January, right after everything kind of transitioned. But now that everything's settled, the dust has settled after the election shenanigans, we're trying to get back to regular order. How are things in D.C.? Is it still kind of tense up there? Oh, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I mean, it, it's been partisan for years, but the last uh, two to three months it's just been a lot of hatefulness mm-hmm. and uh, that's really unfortunate as as we go through this process and we're I'm hoping I uh, I'm seeing some maybe to use a, an old word that didn't work when Obama used it during his administration was uh, some green shoots of at least people being able to talk back and forth across the aisle on different things sure uh, but you know as we saw two weeks ago when they they rammed the 1.9 trillion dollar oh. spending bill through, that they called a COVID relief bill. Um, <laughs> we're going to see some more of that throughout the year. And so that's a, that's a struggling uh, process that we have in terms of how do we come up with something that's bipartisan. And, and particularly when you talk about COVID, is we, you know, we passed uh, five pieces of legislation last year that were bipartisan, yeah. and they decided to, to ram this, this spending bill through. I couldn't believe it. One point nine trillion. Now, before that passed, I had seen the story really like a day or before before that was actually signed that we hit a trillion dollars of a deficit in the first five months of our fiscal year from October to February. So we already shattered a record there. Then we put on another two trillion dollars on top of that. Now we're talking about another three trillion dollar stimulus, quote unquote, economic recovery package. 
I don't know where the sense because we've already like shattered the record and then some. Uh, but before we get to the other bill, let's talk about the one point nine trillion. It went to, I mean, I got my $1,400 check, hooray, I feel great, I'm going to buy guns, so that's nice, um, <laughs> for those that want to invest in other things, you know, but where else did the money go? Because it, from what I hear, it really just bailed out blue states that shut down from red states that tried to stay open. Yeah, it really it really was sad. I mean, you, you look at the bill, and, and, you know, we had legitimate reasons to pass bills last year that, that focused on COVID relief developing the vaccine, getting the vaccine started to be distributed, you know, addressing that and the immediate crisis of, of people being laid off and, and uh, uh, keeping businesses open. Yeah. Uh, this bill came through uh, two weeks ago. Less than a dime out of every dollar is going to COVID-19 health issues Good God. Uh, in terms of buying vaccines, getting the vaccine distributed. And, and instead, the money's going out. It's a bailout for states. And it, it wasn't it wasn't big enough for them to just do a bailout. They actually changed the formula. Uh, they, they threw out the CARES formula that we had followed last year that spread it out across the population across the states, and they changed it more to adding unemployment. So it means if your governor, uh, which mostly the gov- Democrat governors did, if your governor shut your state down and ordered businesses to stay closed, obviously your unemployment's going to be higher. Yeah. And so they ended up funneling more money to them. They funneled money towards uh, a bailout for union pensions, uh, you know, in terms of instead of using the backstop program out there with the, the PBGC, which is a, a federal program, uh, sort of like the FDIC for banks, uh, that actually is a backstop for pensions. So actually throw more money in that way. So it's, it's really, it's sad that they, they use the, use their old saying of never let a crisis go to waste, that they really just, it's just a horrible spending bill. Oh, and, they took advantage. I, yeah. I, I used to say our kids and grandkids are going to have to pay back for this uh, all this spending to maintain the lifestyle today. But in reality, it's now become our grandkids and great grandkids just because of the amount of money. Yeah, it makes me sick. I'm glad because you're on the Ways and Means Committee. So you get to debate all the financial stuff in government, which thank God you're on there trying to bring some kind of sense uh, because it's really obviously hard to do with what's going on with the Democrats. But I noticed the extension of the unemployment benefits went to September, which is the end of the fiscal year already. Uh, plus the bailing out of the states from other states. Is this the normalization that we're starting to see from what government likes to do is we create or expand a program like unemployment benefits? Then we're going to say, well, we spent so much money. The economy didn't re- rebound as much as we want to. We need to extend it again thereafter as well. And is this the normalization of trying to do redistribution at statewide levels and a socialist redistribution plan from the federal government? Well, that that's not the worst part of, of it. The worst part is... You know, basically, there's been state unemployment programs for years, and they work, and people get paid, and, and you know, businesses pay into it when times are good, and when there's unemployment, then that, those programs are there. They're still there. They're still in existence. Uh, but what, what the federal government has done, and it, it made a little bit of sense when there was a big hit on unemployment to, to maybe figure out how do we help people a little bit. Uh, but now they've come back and said, well, we don't, we don't know what the unemployment's going to be between now and September, yeah. uh, but we're just going to pay people not to go to work. <laughs> and and, and the, the latest numbers I've seen is that at least one-third of all workers will make more money being unemployed and getting the extra payment coming from the federal government on top of the state unemployment sure. than they were making while they were working. So 
what we're seeing is a, is a lot of businesses go back to work. I mean, they, they can't find employees. They open yeah. up the doors. They they try to, they try to provide service. You know, people I now want to get out. You've been vaccinated. You want to go out to your favorite restaurant. Uh, you maybe you want to go away for a weekend and and you know stay in a hotel. And and uh, the the workers aren't coming back to work because they make more money on this with this federal bailout on top of the state unemployment program. So um, what what we did, and I I worked with uh, with Kevin Brady who's the ranking Republican member on the Ways and Means Committee, and uh, introduced today a bill to actually help return workers back to work. And so basically we're saying it, it's unfair for somebody who wants to go back to work uh, and and their friends make fun of them right. because their friends are saying unemployed. Uh, so let, let's give a bonus payment to return to work. And so instead of making all this extra money not to work, yeah. go back to the work. And and we'll give you a bonus payment of, of twelve hundred dollars if you're a full time job to go back and work and and yet you do go back to work for four weeks and then you're actually you make the same amount of money during that time you actually get your paycheck you get started you know the economy can get started back again you can take care of your family and and do the things you want to do and so mm-hmm. that's what we're really pushing for is how do we how do we make sure that one we crush the virus and we continue to get the vaccines rolled out uh, and continue to make sure that we treat people that are sick. Uh, but also get the economy going back because we had such a great economy uh, during during President Trump's term. You know, it, it was just a year ago yeah. that we had more job openings than we had people unemployed. So uh, and now and now with COVID obviously shut that down. Uh, but we need to get back to that point. Uh, it's going to be tough with the Biden administration and the policies they're talking about. Uh, but we at least ought to be working towards that goal. Well, we have to work towards that goal because just extending unemployment benefits indefinitely is not going to solve the issue. I mean, we should have seen an example of Seattle when they raised their minimum wage to $15 an hour. And what happened is people tried to cut back on their hours so they didn't lose their benefits that they were getting from the federal government by working below the uh, below the uh, minimum wage or you know whatever poverty level so they could actually get their benefits. We're seeing the same example here. My concern is now with COVID, at what point do we say we can't afford to extend those benefits any longer because I know you're still scared of the virus or scared to return back, which is what a lot of people are trying to argue. When do we say, sorry, but you need to go back into the workforce now? I mean, I don't know when we do that. Yeah, it really is. And, and we've seen things like like leaders leadership in the teachers' union uh, is is adamant that teachers shouldn't go back to school in the classroom, uh, and and so w- what that's done is it just means that parents have to stay home, take care of their kids yeah. instead of having an opportunity to get back to work. Uh, it's just we've we've taken this uh, extreme fear of of a virus, and it's a legitimate virus, sure. and, and you know you want, don't want people to get sick, but you know there's lots of viruses out there. I mean, flu viruses and cold viruses, and 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 we're we're all going to. Uh, be exposed, uh, and there's some level of risk in everything we do, even if it's walking up the stairs in your home. And you know we've got to be prudent. We got to make sure that we're we're continuing to move forward. But uh, the the federal but, but uh, federal government can't bail you out of everything. And no. you know I've been in D.C. four years now, and and there is no money tree there. <laughs> there's no money tree there. Well, you bring up a great point with the schools too. What drives me nuts? We just in that bill in this COVID nineteen relief package, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars to just give to the schools, which they've been already getting money all throughout this entire COVID thing. They didn't have to spend a whole lot of money district wise to you know do the social distancing, to do the remote learning, to get the laptops. I mean, they've already had that supplied by you guys, the federal government, but we didn't even mandate them to open when that, we gave them this money. That, I don't understand that. That's right. There's $130 billion going to the school systems on top of what's going to the state. Yeah. But that $130 billion, only 5% of it's going to be spent in 2021. 
and none of it requires the schools open. Right. Uh, which is which is a sad. It's a waste of money uh, to that extent. Uh, and you know, school districts are trying to figure out what to do with the money, uh, just like states are trying to figure out what to do with all the money. I mean, states like California has a ten billion dollar surplus, yeah. and they're still getting twenty six billion dollars. It drives me nuts. we got just about a minute before we have to take a break here, so we'll kind of tease these topics going into the next one, which the time always goes so fast, and there's so much to talk about because I want to talk about the new $3 trillion package that you guys are debating right now, plus the immigration issue, which is a hot mess and a half. But real quickly, in about 45 seconds or so, President Biden, which I hate to say that term, but President Biden's press conference yesterday, he mentioned some uh, the, the kind of the attack on the Trump administration for cutting funding to certain nations. We need to reinstill that money going back to these nations for them to reinvest in their nation. So that way they don't want to come up here. That was going on way before Trump started cutting it, and it doesn't solve anything. So, I mean, uh, how much money do we send to these nations? Yeah, there's there's. There's been there were lots of cuts during the Obama administration in terms of funding uh, for foreign governments. I mean, it, I, I think as a, as a country we can't stick our head in the sand and think that we we'll protect our borders right. because there's countries around us. Uh, President Trump threatened to if 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 Honduras and Guatemala didn't work with us uh, that he would cut their funding. Uh, but uh, that whole intent was that to get them to work with us, right. which was very successful. And, and, it I, and we want to talk some more about how successful the immigration uh, changes were during the Trump administration. Yeah, I, well, let's do that when we come back here. Plus, we'll talk about the other bill as well. We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes, the fourth district right here in the state of Kansas, my congressman, as we talk about some of the latest bills out of D.C., the immigration issue and more. We'll do that all when we come back. Plus, at the bottom of the hour, Patrick Wood, he'll be joining us to talk about social media, censorship, free speech, and more. It's a packed full front. Friday here on The Voice Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, 
catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us 24 minutes past the hour. Radio and TV plus the live streaming the way we do each and every day right here on the show. Your millennial general reporting for duty. More exciting than Joe Biden walking up the stairs. Ah, see what I did there? It's a joke. Congressman Honestus from the 4th Congressional District here for a few more minutes with us as well, which we always appreciate the time. We love having you in studio, especially when you're here uh, in town. Let's talk about the immigration thing for a second. We have record number of people just coming up to the border, and but not just coming up here, but wearing shirts saying, I came here for Joe Biden or Joe Biden brought me here. Or, I mean, they're literally coming up and saying Joe Biden will take care of us, so therefore I feel more comfortable doing so. I heard about facilities where it's like a 750-person capacity and you're trying to cram like three, 4,000 people into this thing. When did it go from Donald Trump's detention centers and, and concentration camps to the nice lovey-dovey buildings that we have today? Yeah, it's it's really sad that uh, to see what's happened to the country since Joe Biden took office uh, pertaining to immigration. Because, you know, President Trump put a lot of effort into, into shutting down this flow of illegal immigration uh, that had peaked during 2014, during, during the Obama administration. And, you know, our immigration laws are so broken. We... we We've got a lot of things we need to do in that regards, and, and that yeah. we probably don't have enough time on the show to talk about some of those things, both if you're trying to come in legally as well as, as coming across illegally. Uh, but the, the problem that uh, President Trump had, had addressed was, you know, let's make sure that we keep people from getting inside the country that would then scatter throughout the country. Right. And, and now the Biden administration said, well, come on across the border, and then we'll process you. And now they're getting swamped. I mean, they started this in January of this year, saying saying we're we're going to open the doors again. Uh, Kamala Harris, probably the worst person to put in charge of that, just because I mean her past track record is talking about we should make it uh, not illegal yeah. to come across the border. Uh, we should we should reformat ICE so that they don't get in the way. Well, comparing uh, ICE to the yeah. KKK, I yeah. mean, come on, and and, and we need to we need to give free health care and free benefits to all these illegal immigrants that come across the border, and and. Instead of that, you know what we've seen since January is uh, the immigrate or the uh, illegal crossings have increased by roughly twenty percent, and since February a year ago to February of this year, over a hundred percent increases in the illegal immigrants that are coming across. And these these coyotes that uh, the gang members that actually uh, smuggle people across, they're slick. They know the laws better than the United States, and they'll come up and they'll they'll bring they'll. Everybody pays, uh, but they'll bring up women and children, release them in one sector, and the and the custom and border patrol folks have to go address them, and and then they smuggle in their gang members right. through the, another sector while uh, while the, the border patrol is busy. Well, and sure. so it's it's uh, the innocent women we, and children. You know, I mean, come on. We heard the story from one of the media people during the press conference yesterday of the child that walked eight, you know, a thousand miles by himself, a seven year old child. That walked a thousand miles all by himself, and you know, no one took advantage of that. I mean, come on, yeah, that's, the, yeah. The, the stories they're trying to spin here is absurd. That, that's that, yeah, that's a that's an amazing story. You think about that. Maybe they they uh, are training for the Olympics. You know, if you <laughs> if you really have that much stamina and, and that quality, and you know, two 
three years ago when when it had started to peak again and, and Obama administration started putting in the policies where okay you stay in Mexico till we process you or or working with uh, the Central American countries and saying if you want to request asylum request it in the embassy here before you travel to the U.S. border mm-hmm. uh, and, and it kept things down but at that point in time there were a third of the women that were coming in women and young girls that were being raped in that mix. Uh, now we're seeing, uh, I've seen higher numbers, sure. uh, with the recent surge coming through. We've seen that, uh, the, the latest count of what they're, the folks they have tested are 10% of them are positive for COVID wow. and they're putting them all in these big detention centers altogether. Uh, I've seen big, larger numbers in terms of the, the, the positive rates, uh, in terms of people coming in, they're not testing everybody. No, of course and, not. And then, and then the whole process to get them to get the problem away from the border is to send it to the middle of the country of and course. just spread all those diseases. But by the way, you know, we need to keep our businesses shut down and we can't, you know, get rid of masks because we're just Neanderthals thinking that way. Congressman Ron Estes, 4th Congressional District here in Kansas. It's always good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you so much for coming. Let's do this again here real soon. Great. Thank you, Andy. Hey, always a pleasure. Bottom of the hour news when we come back. Patrick Wood right around the corner. It goes by way too fast here on The Voice of Reason. Stay tuned. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Good golly, halfway through the program already. It goes by way too fast trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. Thanks for joining us today on a Friday. Always appreciate it. You can find our podcast on any of your favorite podcasting sites. You can also visit the website at HoosierReason.com. Make sure to sign up for the newsletter. It'll be coming out next week at the end of the month. We have... Some really exciting news with the Hoosier Media Network. We have some really exciting news about affiliates. We have some really exciting news about just the month of April in general. So it's a lot of stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. Just go to HoosierReason.com. It's no I in Hoosier. H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. It'll pop up. Do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? You say yes. You type in your email. It's totally free. We do not spam you. We just send that once a month uh, newsletter with our blog on there with our uh, monthly comments. With stuff going on with the show, with the stuff going on with the Hoosier Media Network, other podcasting programs that we're involved with and other things. So make sure to check all that out at HoosierReason.com. All right, let's get to uh, Thanks again, by the way, to Congressman Ron Estes, the 4th District here in Kansas. Always a great guy. We love having him on the show, especially when he's here in the district and getting him in studio. We have some more elected officials coming on the program next week, so make sure to check that out as well. But for now, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the latest in What's Trending. 
What's trending today? And on the line with us, I'm excited to have this guy back. It's been too long since we've had him on the program. He is the founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech, Mr. Patrick Wood with us here. Pat, how are you, my friend? Hello, Andy. Doing great. Good. It's good to have you back on the show. This has been a super hot topic lately with social media, the censorship. I mean, I get censored all the time. We used to have massive numbers of people watching the live stream on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch uh, for all of our shows. Now we don't get nearly anything. The algorithm doesn't allow us to. It blocks half of our content and takes things down. This is a problem that not just me, and I'm a nobody right now, but I mean, just average Americans wanting to post things on social media, wanting to have a conversation. We're now white supremacists. We're now racists. We're now bigots. We're now fascists. We're now Nazis. And everything that we post is now, oh, sorry, our community standards uh, goes against this, and you're not allowed to post that. Uh, I don't know what to do about this. What can we do to continue to fight for the freedom of speech? Uh, well, for one thing, it takes individual people not uh, not looking to argue with a, a Facebook or a Twitter or whatever. We need individual people who will take the lead, take leadership in their own communities to practice and exercise free speech. That's what we need to do right now. Um, we've left a vacuum in local communities across America, and that vacuum has been filled with the woke culture. And that includes the, uh, all the censorship and stuff that we see up at the top. It's a, it's a trickle-down effect. It's not a mystery. Because the big tech companies can do it, everybody else feels like down on the ground level they can do it too. Well, if people would just merely stand up in their own communities and get engaged and, and get a seat at the table, wherever there is, is a table to get a seat at, uh, we wouldn't be in this mess. And we can, you know, this is the only way we can turn it around at this point is from the ground up. Yeah. The diversification of social media. I mean, uh, right now, really, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google, uh, Amazon, I get, can kind of get thrown in there as well, kind of dominate the market. Building it from the ground up, does that mean diversifying, allowing us to have different sites and trying to go off? I mean, Parler tried that, and then they got shut down with their servers. Now we have ones trying to come up with their own servers, but they're trying to at least you know bring some competition into the market. Is that what it's going to take at the end of the day? Well, competition is coming in, and that's a good thing. Uh, that's the American economic system for you. Um, we have Parler, MeWe, Gab. Uh, President Trump is talking about launching his own social network, which will probably be pretty popular just because of him. Yeah. Uh, so there is competition popping up, but that's not really the answer to the problem. Competition will help people to, you know, not get trolled, not get, you know, unexpectedly thrown out of a platform. But the real problem is deeper than that, Andy. And, if, and again, I'll get back to the idea of local activism. If people don't get active in their communities, they, they cannot, they have no right to expect that anything's going to change. Mm -hmm. Where do you think all these people come from in the first place? The ones that do end up censoring, they all live somewhere and they all came from somewhere. In the case of a politician, I don't know of any national politician that didn't start out in a local community at one time or another. Sure. <laughs> so that's where to reach people. That's where to get into the, in the discussions going. Uh, we call it civil discourse because we need to have a return to civil discourse. Um, unfortunately, all communication in America right now is so contentious and dysfunctional, it just makes you sick. Yeah. But uh, this needs to change. And people can change and they can learn how to communicate correctly and properly. Uh, to gain boldness, to gain confidence that they can make a difference in their own community, and they can.
Sure. No, they absolutely can. And that's uh, I think people are starting to realize that getting back down to the local level, which, by the way, conservative Republicans predominantly rule the local governments. I mean, when it comes to not necessarily city councils, but uh, I mean, county commissions and state legislatures. I mean, Republicans control almost two thirds of the state legislatures in the country, own a massive majority of the governorships in the country. And I think they're going to go farther that way as well in the next election. But the city council, the school board, the county commission, I mean, those are the things that really impact us on a daily basis. And as you mentioned, that's where most politicians start out anyways, getting that experience and getting their name out there and trying to do right for their community. I think people are starting to realize, wait a second, Maybe I should go to my school board meeting. Maybe I should go to my city council meeting. Maybe I should go and make my voice heard there and speak out for things that are very frustrating instead of getting angry at the U.S. Department of Education for some type of book that they're trying to ban. We should talk to the local school district and say, hey, I don't care what they're doing. We're going to do something different here at the local level. Yeah. You know, there's nothing we can do about Washington, D.C., whatever, whatsoever. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, any agency, uh, the, the, the presidency, Congress. There's just no place right now for the American citizen there anymore. And, and we, have, we have no hope at all that Washington is going to save us from anything. If anything, Washington has almost become our enemy. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but, you know, it's, that, that's kind of the evidence right now. They're, they're getting in our way. They're obstructing and, uh, you know, doing everything they can to transform our local communities further away from what we'd like to see in America. Yeah. But, um you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that people can do. You're right on on a local thing, and they need to get their eyes off of Washington D.C. and focus on local things. Sometimes state governments can be very effective if uh, if if they uh, you know are kind of you know enlightened, if you will, to drive out some of this nonsense in in society. But you know, even though there's a lot of Republican uh, states and governors and stuff that have just horribly mismanaged the whole COVID thing. Right. Uh, Arizona is one of them, by the way, in my opinion. <laughs> but, um, you know, just because you have a Republican governor or a Republican Senate doesn't mean they're going to always do the right thing. That's why they need people out there behind them to yeah. say, you, you should do the right thing. <laughs> We're going to hold your feet to the fire that you do the right thing. Yeah, and that's what we have to do. I mean, you're absolutely right. We're talking with Patrick Wood, founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech. You can find them online, citizensforfreespeech.org. I want to get to Trump's media platform in just a minute, but feeding off this and kind of wrapping up with the, the local activism, uh, do you think, I, I love irony. I'm a great, I'm all about irony. I love seeing irony in society. When social media becomes the big tech and begins trying to enforce and the big government tries to centralize central government and tries to go to the new world order, the new world government or the World Health Organization or whatever we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, and then we see the silencing of conservative messages on social media with that big tech and we do start going back to the local level, are they kind of in a way shooting themselves in the foot and kind of imploding themselves because they want everybody to be forced at that centralized big tech, big censorship, whatever they want is going to be out there. And other than that, it's not going to. So we just end up just leaving it, walking away and going back to our local activism the way it used to be done. Isn't that kind of a self-implosion, shooting themselves in the foot process that they love to do on their own? It could be. I wouldn't say automatically. But um, <clears throat> one thing that we that, that I see with the, all these big tech companies, the billionaire class companies, the, the thing they fear most is the populist movement mm. in America. And that was the movement basically that brought President Trump to the presidency last term. It could have been somebody else, but I'm just saying, there's, there was a, a massive wave of, of, for lack of a better term, populist sure. that 
um, are sick and tired of the way things are going with the two-party system. And they're not, they're not a political party, but it is a movement. It's been defined. That scares the global elite more than anything else in the world. Yeah. They're definitely afraid of the populist movement. That also includes, by the way, some liberals. They're not all arch conservatives. Sure. There are some people like Naomi Wolf, for instance, who has uh, been a liberal activist all her life. She's a fierce defender of the First Amendment. Just, you know, completely rails against dysfunctional communication, et cetera. So the populist movement is on the move, I say. They, you know, they were able to elect a president last term and and they're still around and they're still hopping mad, looking for solutions to the bigger problem. And at every at every turn, when the populist movement or people within that movement say or do something, they're going to get censored by these giant companies because they figure the only way to take them out is just to, you know, break them apart into a thousand pieces. Yep. Question is, we let that happen. I say no. You've got enough alternative platforms out there right now. Trump comes along, does another one. Great. Uh, competition in America is American thing. So, um, uh, you know, it's, I don't think it's over at this point, but. Uh, the global elite and the elite big tech companies are kind of cautious and shaking in their boots right now. That's one reason they took out Parler, by the way. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the riots on, you know, the January 6th. Had everything to do with getting rid of a potential, potentially damaging competitor to them. Oh, absolutely. The damaging competitor that was getting information out that they were trying to censor and they got busted censoring as well. That election, they pulled out all the stops. I mean, they played all their cards that they had in order to get Joe Biden elected, which, uh, you know, now they're trying to rebuild from that because they used everything in their arson. Let's take a break here. When we come back, Patrick Wood, director of Citizens to uh, Citizens for Free Speech, will join him with again and talk about the Trump social media, what we can do about social media where we go from here with the woke crowd in America. All that coming up and more here on The Voice Reason for a Friday. Stay tuned. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the show. Last few minutes here before we wrap up today on a Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us today the way you do every single day. And we appreciate you very, very much here on The Voice of Reason. It's the show where we stumble through the program more than Joe Biden during a press conference. Aha! See what we did there? See? We're funny today, trying to bring the comedy. Welcome back into the show. By the way, if you want to join the program, you can always email us at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Plus, you can go and send us a message on the social media sites at Hoosier Reason or the website at HoosierReason.com as well. So there's plenty of opportunity for you to reach out to the program, and we'd love to hear from you that way as well. Got a few minutes left with Patrick Wood. He is the founder and director of Citizens Force. Uh, let me try that again. Citizens for Free Speech. You can find them online at citizensforfreespeech.com. See what I mean about the stumbling? I like Joe Biden. Joe Biden's getting into my blood. Joe, how you doing there, buddy? You feeling good? Come on, man. Okay. All right. Make it sure. Patrick, let's talk about the opportunity potentially for uh, Donald Trump, who has teased the idea of starting a social media platform. Uh, first off, before we get into his, I had never seen a media site say, sorry, Mr. President of the United States, acting president of the United States, we're going to completely shut you off to where you're not allowed to speak any longer or get out to the people like Twitter and Facebook and other social media sites did to Donald Trump while he was still in office. Is that something that's new or, I mean, obviously social media is relatively new, but even prior to that, did we ever have media outlets just say, sorry, Mr. President, we're not going to cover what you're doing right now because we don't like what you're doing? Never. It hasn't happened in history to my knowledge. Maybe people thought about it, but they haven't ever done it. And that just shows you the power that big tech has. If they were lesser companies, if they were less uh, you know, penetrating in a society and stuff even around the world, they couldn't get away with stuff like that. Right. They just could But they have the power. They can thumb their nose at basically anybody they choose. And you know what? Nobody said a word about it. Hardly did they. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of complaining and whining, but nobody did anything about it. The con- Congress didn't stand up and do anything. The judges didn't stand up. Supreme Court didn't say anything about it. The Attorney General is missing an action. So they got away with it. Yeah. Uh, this is bad precedent, by the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. See, no, absolutely. It's I've I've never seen anything like that, and I don't know that we ever will again because I'm pretty sure that we're not going to allow something like that to happen again. So uh, he gets banned, he gets censored. Donald Trump teases that we're going to see a new social media site come up from Trump, Trump Media, or whatever he wants to call this. Uh, if he does, my big concern is is will the sites or like Android or like iTunes actually allow it on their you know, app stores in order to be able to allow people to download it? Or will they say, sorry, he's fake news. We can't allow him to be on there. We won't even allow the option for people to download the app. Is that something that they could do? It is something they could do, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did. That's just one of the, by the way, that's just one of the obstacles that Trump in particular will face 
And remember, he's a, he's been a lightning rod for just about every issue he's ever brought up. Mm-hmm. And he will continue to be a lightning rod if he goes through with this project. And you can just bet your bottom dollar that there will be all kinds of surprises like that, you know, along the way, obstacles thrown up to stop the work. And who knows what they are? I don't know. I can't foresee the future, but you just mentioned something that's very uh, absolutely true. Now, there are other ways to get apps onto your iPhone and to your Android phone, uh, but they're not straightforward and, uh, you know, could possibly, uh, you know, damage the warranty or void the warranty on your phone if you do it. So, you know, yeah, if they say no, then you're not going to get on. Wow. I, 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 the obstacles that he jumps through just to try and get his message out there, which, as you mentioned, I mean, if he does start it, it's going to go like wildfire. It's going to be the number one app downloaded all over the country, which is what they're, I'm sure, scared of. And you're right. I mean, he could set it up to just have it installed directly from the website. You go to the website, download it, that sort of thing. But uh, then, yeah, I mean, who knows what they're going to do for repercussions. Outside of that, do you think Trump could potentially even buy a media outlet, a TV network, a radio network, something like that to help push out information? Is that an option? You know, I don't know. It depends on how much money he has. I know he's got a lot of legal troubles right now. He's going to have to spend a lot of money on lawyers and stuff to get out of. But uh, on the other hand, um, there should be big donors slash investors in a project like this around the country that would pony up the money necessary to make it happen. And it's going to take millions and millions of dollars. This is not just a do it in your garage type of an effort, you know. Uh, he's probably going to have to buy a, build his own server farm, too. I mean, who, who's going to host the data? Who's going to host the programs in the cloud? Yeah, that's uh, true. Amazon certainly not, you know. No, they're um, going to come after him in every way. We're, we're out of time, my friend. I love the conversation. we got to do this again real soon. It's Patrick Wood, founder, director, Citizens for Free Speech. You can find him online, citizensforfreespeech.org. Patrick, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Let's do this again here soon. Thank you, Andy. Hey, hey, always a pleasure. That's for us today. Podcast up in a little bit. Back at it on Monday. Until then, be your own voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.